I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan. Actually, sorry. I'm broke, sugar. I'm back. You haven't heard from me for a little while, but don't you worry, you cute little sugar dumplings. I'm here to be your rogue recruit for today. I'm so glad that Rogue is here. I am I'm too. glad that she's here with me on the show right now. Um, we are watching X-Men Evolution because this is a show where we watch every, every adaptation, adaptation of the, of the X-Men. X-Men. Back when we Maddie, what is your overall impression of Evolution so far? I love it. Good. 10 out of 10. Every single episode is perfect. Yeah, I mean, isn't it like really kind of great how there have been (laughs) really good episodes one after another? It's been really great. I'm waiting for an episode to let me down, but it hasn't happened yet. I hope people are watching along with us because this has been super fun and enjoyable. Well, I remember it being goofier because it is kind of goofy, but I'm watching it now from the critical lens. I'm like, actually, this is very good. (laughs) Yeah, like, like, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm really enjoying it so Me this too. is rogue this is called rogue yes. recruit and we get to see rogue immediately we in this do. episode should we do it previously on i guess we can do sure it previously so on. previously on the x-men so basically once again xavier has opened up an institute to recruit child soldiers uh but so as far he does yeah he already know, had cyclops classic. and jeans on it cyclops and jeans his blue jeans he had cyclops <laughs> and jean on his team and then wolverine and storm are there as adults and they all go mm-hmm. to this place called bayville high because that's where they all attend to it's kind of like a fan fiction universe of the x-men right so this is a world where xavier's institute is not a school it's just a dormitory slash home for queer teens and so they live at xavier's mansion but they go to this normal high school and they have to just act like normal high school students and everybody is in the closet mutant wise because mutants aren't a thing publicly yet. They are not. So that's important. And we have recruited Nightcrawler and Kitty for Xavier's. And we have Mm -hmm. met Mystique, who is the leader of the Brotherhood frat pad, which so far has towed an avalanche in there. And the principal at the high school. So that's fun. Yes, she is the principal at the high school. (laughs) She's totally gay. I love it. She's amazing. We're going to get to meet her beautiful wife in this episode. I know we do. Okay, so uh, first of all, I want to say that this episode of Uh, X-Men Evolution introduces Rogue and I think I described this to you Maddie as like I still feel like it's X-Men the animated series Rogue but like her origin stories this is like a very raw version of her that hasn't evolved into the freedom fighter that we know from X-Men the animated series this is like the very this is like the 
bare bones of her just getting her powers and i right. i feel like, like these are like the flashbacks that we saw in x-men tas where rogue would be like getting abused by her dad and crying and like running away from home like this is like a little bit after that i guess but like it's still like a version of rogue that's like vulnerable teenager who doesn't know who she is yet but it feels very much like her she's very tough she is not i mean she is afraid of herself in this but even in all yeah. her moments of being scared and like being attacked by other people she She's rogue. She like punches like 20 people in this. Like straight up. Mm-hmm. She does not take anyone's shit. But she does it like while freaking out because she's also a teenage girl. I don't know. I liked it. It was like a really good combination of rogue attributes yes. to me. And it wasn't and- like annoying like Anna Pack when rogue like she seemed like a plausible version of her. I feel yeah. like if this series had continued on past season four, I think we would have seen her evolve into the version of Rogue that we know in X-Men, the animated series. I think we've seen her learn how to fly. I think specifically the reason why she isn't flying in this. Well, I know she does at the very last episode. Xavier looks into the future and all the future episodes they didn't get to make and she's flying around and stuff. So I think Mm -hmm. what was going to happen is that she just had regular powers in this and it was going to eventually build up into her somehow obtaining additional powers and uh, right. we just never got to see that happen along with the Phoenix saga. Right. I guess the timeline is weird. I mean, this is obviously an alternate universe version of the X-Men no matter what, but like, for example, her stealing Carol Danvers's powers isn't really something that could happen in this version of Rogue's Yeah, story. I was thinking about that after watching this episode because I think this is the only X-Men TV show that's not necessarily set in the greater Marvel universe. Like, right. I know Nick- like it's its own universe, which I think is really cool and Actually, creative. Actually, never mind. I, mean- I lied because Captain America and Nick Fury show up later. Right. Okay. In this show? Yes. Or, okay. So, they're going to be there eventually. But other than that, it's kind of very separated from the Avengers. I kind of wonder what the rest of the MCU, or sorry, the Marvel universe would look like in X-Men Evolution. Like, would we also run into child's versions of like, you know, Thor and Black Panther and Hawkeye, like... Right. Or is it just that they're all kids right now, so it just takes place in a version of the past that's different? So, like, T'Challa's still a kid. He's just in Wakanda somewhere. Yeah, or, like, how would Scarlet Witch work with Vision in this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, like, is Vision even... I mean, Vision's not even on this show. So it's really just, like, if this show had, like, 11 seasons, then I guess we would have found out how they would have written it? Yeah, I I don't know. Well, who knows, but but I think they've kept it pretty isolated to the X-Men because they really want to keep the, keep up the queer metaphor, which I appreciate. Honestly, mm-hmm. I really I think it works. And after watching again this episode, I was like, wow, the reason why I really like this when I was a teenager is because I wasn't completely out of the closet yet. I feel like this show does a better job at handling that than the animated series did. Right. The animated series did a lot of other amazing things because they were just touching on so many different politics, not even just about marginalized classes, but just also... Uh, how the social classes need to rise up in general. And Mm -hmm. this is very specific to kind of one thing. So it's kind of like, we're just going to deal with the queer metaphor specifically for the next four seasons. And just really laser focus on that. And also specifically be about teenagers during this time period. And since you and I were teenagers when this show was on, I feel like it was relatable. It was a real uh, mix of of elements that led us to like the X-Men. We really... (laughs) Well, I mean, I, this is also the time that we were having as many X-Men parties as we were. And all and of our friends. And the live action movies were yeah, coming out. And all of our friends were also super into the X-Men. Like, they had all jumped onto the X-Men ship I mean, now we're us. just doing, like, previously on Maddie and Ryan's lives. We talked about this on previous episodes. Let's talk about Previously Rogue. on Maddie and Ryan's lives, they made a movie called D-Men. Yeah, check it out. It's on YouTube. Anyway. New Age's YouTube channel. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's get this So, up. Rogue is in Mississippi. 
She's hanging out at a dance club. There's a cool song playing called Who Am I Now, which is written for this TV show. For Rogue. It's Rogue's theme song. And it sounds sounds like like a garbage song. Yeah, it's as in the band garbage. It It does not sound sound like like trash. It sounds wonderful and amazing. want the soundtrack to this TV show because there's so many like songs written for it. You know what I mean? Like there's just like Toad's got like a hip hop rap. Rogue's got <laughs> this going on. I do not like Toad's on. song even close to as much as I like Rogue's song. Rogue's song I like noticed it. Oh I know. Because I, it was so good. Well la- but, yeah. later on they get into a band called uh, Descanso Rivers that like I've looked it up but they play a list different music in the TV show that's not accessible anywhere and it's really frustrating to me because it's actually pretty good. Because they like wrote it for the show. Right. Yeah. But it also sounds good and it sounds like shit we would have gone to see in a show back when we were like 16. So. Mm-hmm. I should also note that even the theme song for the show is growing on me i didn't really like it at first but now i'm kind of into it so whatever clearly the music for the show is just taking me back to the year 2000 yes so well there's a lot of musical stains and sound uh cues in this this particular episode so that i thought sounded really good especially if we're discovering her powers yeah i really liked that stuff um so rogue is standing she's at a dance club but she's actually outside on the back porch it's kind of like a fun like backwater town version of a dance club and like it's later referred to that it's a school dance but it looks like they just like rented out a bar that is in like a shack essentially and it has like a back porch well maybe it's it's kind of similar to like um oh my god like a semi-formal you would have had at school right yeah a hotel yeah, right. but this is like just on a sort of swampy lake area and i don't know it's cool i i liked the setting here because it tells us everything we need to know about rogue and what her what her life is like right so she's standing on the back porch these two guys walk out of the club and they see rogue and one of the guys is cody the other guy never gets a name he's just cody's friend oh for it's the entire important episode. to know that uh cody has scott's voice again and this other dude also <laughs> wait no Cody has Nightcrawler's voice and the other dude has Scott's voice. It's like they almost didn't have any other voice actors. So they just have them kept on doing all these random dudes on the TV show. Yeah, but like both of these guys are doing their best to do a little Southern accent. I don't know that any of the actors are actually Southern. I think they're all I don't pretending. They I know. But I didn't mind it. The accents are relatively low key on this show. No, so I was right. like, whatever. This is part of why I forgot Rogue had an accent because it's actually, it's not that strong. Well, but neither is an actual Southern accent for the most part. True. Like at some places there are like super heavy accents. But when you think about all these different accents that we in TV shows are like, in yeah, the like South, the Rogue they all sound like this. <laughs> like they don't actually talk like that, you know? Like, or even it, like Rogue's accent on X-Men TAS that we make fun of all the time. I mean, because we love it. It's still pretty extreme but yeah, yeah exactly. rogue's, rogue's accent here is a little bit more understated it is um so cody's so- friend is like please tell me you know <laughs> this girl's name and cody just shrugs and we also never find out her name we which don't. i thought was really funny i enjoyed it is that funny. I, was like, I liked it too and i don't think we're ever gonna find out what it is no we're not it's gonna be rogue for the rest of the tv show yeah but the show kind of goes ahead and lampshades that by being like what's her name we'll never know um i think the worst thing they ever did in the comic books was that they gave her a name and it's like stupid yeah, I, I hate it. it is stupid it is stupid i really liked the teen dialogue here like his friend is joking around 
around with Cody calling him a pod person because he's like become obsessed with Rogue from afar, but like isn't willing to talk to her. I didn't hear I him just say thought that. It was like that is really funny and and like clever and felt like how teenagers make fun of each other. I just I don't know. It stood out to me in a good way. So Cody goes up to Rogue and finally manages to talk to her. She sort of rebuffs him at first and then sees how sad Cody looks. And so she caves and she's like, okay, I'll go in and dance with you. And so then we see a cutaway to a different location where we meet Destiny, or at least see her. Right. Um, So we see this blind woman. She's got a cane. She's sitting in the living room somewhere. And she sees a vision of Rogue and Cody. And she sees Rogue's powers manifesting inside this this nightclub yeah and she starts and she's freaking like, out oh fuck yeah i know she's like uh oh spaghettios <laughs> yeah she shouts that really loudly <laughs> and then we see Rogue can you and imagine Cody her doing that destiny of all oh my god i really hope that destiny is like, like a completely different character <laughs> she's in just show. writing in her diary all the time she just like wakes up from a, a nap she's like uh oh spaghettios gotta write in my diary Daisy, another wacky thing is happening and old destiny's here to write about it um so then we go see Rogue and Cody dancing um Cody's not dancing close enough to Rogue so his friend like tries to push him into her and then that causes both of them to fall over Cody tries to help her up and then this is how Rogue's powers manifest I thought it was interesting that they didn't have them kiss they instead just have him grab her arm and then that's enough well, maybe to they make thought him it pass been out weird to do it that way you know i don't yeah, know yeah it's just it's a definitely a change for rogue to not actually have a boyfriend like in this version she doesn't really have anybody in her life at all like she's pretty alone and like barely knows anyone so you know? rogue in this tv show does not get a love interest i mean they, uh, well, okay, so basically she crushes on Scott for the first three seasons until Gambit shows up and starts flirting with her. And that's like as mm-hmm. much as we get. Okay, that's kind of makes sense given that she's a teenager and she's awkward and has the power that she has. But yeah, I mean, they obviously approach it really different in the live action movies where well, there's a teenage rogue. It's but, fine. But then yeah. so then similar to the Kitty Pride episode, you get a similar uh, situation that's almost set up like a horse uh, movie yeah. in which like she falls down and like he's he's passed out they're circled by other friends and then rogue gets up and she's like what the fuck's happening and like yeah like what am i who am i similar to kitty yeah, yeah. she's like i see all these images in my head who am i what am i and then it's like yeah and then after that um cody's friend tries to shake cody awake but he won't wake up and he's like what did you do to him and then rogue looks really freaked out and she runs off and so then we see since cody was an athlete um like he played football and he also wrestled at school rogue now has his memories of how to do those things and it's implied also his physical strength although right. i don't really well, I don't know, know if that's, that's just what she gets accurate. his moves because like he doesn't have powers right and then yeah, she exactly now that, that makes... she has cody in her head she also knows how to be a gay football player <laughs> yeah and so there's like this guy who's not I don't think he is on the football team but he's standing in the doorway blocking her way and then she envisions him as though he's a linebacker that Cody is like pushing past yeah yeah and then the guy is like wow I thought only Cody had moves like that which I was like that's a little on the nose but I got how the show was trying to illustrate really quickly how Rogue's powers work Uh, well because at no point that did 
do they really straightforward explain it? It kind of comes out between Dusty, Mystique, and Xavier over courses mm-hmm. of different conversations. So, like, for example, we're going over to Dusty now, who's on the phone, clearly with Mystique. And there's yep. pictures of Rogue and Dusty together, like, you know, their mother and child almost. Yes. And Destiny's like, that's not what I said. I see pathways to the future. I knew what her what form her powers would manifest, not when they would manifest. Yes, I did take precautions. The phony skin condition, the way she dressed, but she's a teenage girl. I couldn't keep her in isolation. And then she kind of skips a beat and she's like, yes, of course you're coming. And the others, Xavier's team, they're coming too, which is kind of like, it's spooky uh, because obviously Destiny can see into the future and knows that Xavier's coming. But also it's like really fucked up in a way to be like, like I kept my kid away I, I yeah. lied to my child and told her she had a skin condition. And so I covered in her all this like weird shit, which yep. is almost like to be like, oh, I know my kids like trans or gay, but like I'm going to like dress them up differently. So people don't know. I'm just going to tell them that there's something else wrong with them. So they yeah. don't like get themselves in trouble, which is like a really fucking dark thing to do. And I'm not going to say like between the two of them, between Destiny and Mystique, Destiny is definitely the de- better parent, but they're both extremely manipulative in this. And definitely, I would absolutely go on a limb here and say that Mystique is absolutely abusive in this. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. 100%. Like manipulative. She definitely abusive. is. Like in this episode, she for sure is well, abusing. I, I think this is very much closer to the actual relationship between Mystique and Rogue. Because while oh, yeah. in the comic books mystique has her own sort of like motivations and stuff the relationship she has with rogue specifically is so fucked up so i know and we can get into that in this episode because it involves a lot of lying and like misrepresentations of reality in order to keep rogue with her which is like a classic mystique thing but yeah i like this destiny monologue because I would think that a viewer who didn't know anything about the situation would imagine she's talking to Xavier. Yeah. Because like, that's the character that we already know is a mutant expert who might be the person that you would call about a teenager who's a mutant. But it's not until the end of the monologue that she's like, and Xavier's team, they're coming too. And she presents it as a bad thing. Right. And that's when you're like, oh like like, who is she character like really doesn't have rogue's best interest at heart and you already kind of pick up on that but like really slowly you get the creeping dread throughout the monologue where you're like wait what did you do to this kid and like i don't know it didn't i just liked how it was written where you are learning the information but not in such a way where you feel like exposition is just being plummeted onto your head i thought all the exposition in this was very well done in this particular episode i felt like it was not I mean, there was that like one line that that kid just had that was on the nose, but I feel yeah, like it's like, wow, it's just like Cody. I know. You're Cody. Yeah, pretty much. But I feel like the rest of it, they're pretty subtle yeah. about it. And I appreciate that. But first, yeah. let's go over the X-Mansion to, because oh this God. is when we discover that Wolverine and Storm are definitely fucking, because this I'm is like, like, okay, and Storm is the dom in this situation, which of course, uh, well, like who, that was you never in think that Storm, Okay, in the comic books, do you think that Wolverine no, was ever like not the Wolverine bottom for that relationship? everyone knows that look at his taste in literally everyone but like okay okay so like we see a ninja or a man dressed as a ninja who eventually is revealed to be logan i knew it was logan right away but but admittedly at the beginning we are not supposed to know it's logan he hops in through an air vent in the attic of the x-mansion storm's standing there and she's like 
impressive. You got through the automated defenses by using the air vents, but you won't get past me. And then she, and then the, the ninja like hops back into a different air vent and then Storm like puts a bunch of water in there, washes him down yeah, like into he, the danger wait, room suddenly. I love it too because she's like, testing me all right all right then it's time to remind you why they call me storm (laughs) yeah and then she like flushes him into the danger room which i guess apparently they have danger they have like air vent canals that just automatically pop people into the danger room because like it's a torture chamber now and like we already saw toad (laughs) getting tortured in there so like whatever i don't even know but it's like a budget torture chamber which we're about to find out because i know First which of all, is actually like really funny. I, by the I way, think it but... is really funny. But first, Storm looks at Wolverine, who's all like wet, and she yeah. goes looking a little flushed. And the forecast, it isn't good. And so she freezes <laughs> Logan, and then yes. he like busts out. He goes, "Now that was cold." And then Storm, <laughs> in a very sexy voice, is like, "Then let's warm you up." And she turns on the laser cannons. I'm like, okay, they're like they're like flirting and also sparring at the same time and I, I love it it, it was so I good loved it. and then Wolverine yeah. starts destroying everything and Xavier quickly comes and he's like uh what are you two doing can you please shut down whatever the fuck this is like, yeah and so like we can't afford to have the two of you destroying the danger room while would you fucking again <laughs> I mean I love the idea that Storm and Wolverine have really aggressive sex because that that checks out. That's them, and it's also funny. But then also, it turns out that this is a demonstration they're doing for the teenagers. Well, and who would even like, know? Like they were up in the hilarious. attic before. It's not like they were watching up there. And then Logan turns out. I was like, "Would I give a demo? I give a demo." And then Cyclops is like, "Um, is that demo <laughs> isn't demolish our demonstration?" Ah! And we're like. <laughs> Oh my god, Cyclops is such a square. I love him though. So Cyclops and Gene. <laughs> I actually enjoy him on this show. Cyclops and Gene and Kitty and Kurt are all up in the control room, and now Storm is up there too. And apparently, this was some type of lesson. I don't know what was being taught here. I don't really know either. Apparently, you could flood people in the vents. And Kurt's eating popcorn, which I think is really funny. It is really funny. So Kurt says, that was tight. I give it two thumbs up, which is how Kurt talks in this show. Um, And Logan says something about how they should fix the vents and like install poison gas. And Storm (laughs) is like, we can't just murder people. (laughs) And then Logan's like, fine. Knockout gas. gas." And then Kitty, I feel like this is also, okay, I said this already, but I feel like everything that Kitty does in this episode is absolutely Kitty pride from the comic books. It's just that Mm -hmm. voice is just, it throws everyone. She's got the valley girl accent yeah. she's still like um like like and it's, I know. you you're, just gotta get past you're, you're, it you're but. kind of like sitting there being thinking this is not the 90s anymore but whatever uh yeah. it's close enough i guess but so kitty <laughs> does have a line here that reminds me of when she first joined the x-men in the comic books and when she asks is anyone else freaked out by any of this and all the x-men mm-hmm. just stare at her which i think yeah. is really there's like a really funny. long silence where like no one responds and i actually wasn't sure what to make of it because like was it that some of them were freaked out but they didn't want to admit to kitty that they were or I don't like think so. some I think of they them were just weren't. like no this is normal and kitty is like oh okay it's just me then great and which then this is also from the comic book so in the comics, when Kitty first joins the X-Men, there's a period of time where Nightcrawler keeps on trying to press Kitty. Not even yeah. necessarily because like he wants to like bone her. It's just kind of like, oh, she seems uncomfortable. I want to make her feel comfortable. But Kurt's, you know, Kurt, and he is, you know, he... He's like going too far with it. Well, he's and, also like, an actor. He's a performer. Yeah. So he's like, I'm just going to do all this stuff. And there's like so... Like I remember in those early comics, like he kept on like trying to impress her. And she'd be like, get the fuck away from me. And then they turn out to be they what happens is they become best friends, which is what we're going to see in this episode. 
mm-hmm. like, so that's what he's doing now. He's like teleporting all over the place, and Kitty's like looking and, like, offering mildly her his popcorn annoyed. and stuff. And, and he's like, yeah, Kitty's like, like next out. time I'll hunt before I port. And Kitty's just like, <laughs> I'm done with this. Like she sinks to the ground, and everyone's like, yeah. yeah, honestly, that's fine. And Kurt's just like really sad that his bad flirting or whatever didn't work, and Gene's just like. Uh, give it time, Kurt, and also stop doing whatever that was. Like, just stop. <laughs> yeah. And so then Xavier shows up and he's like, hey, I need all of you to put on your suits and get on the plane because there's another mutant that we have to go kidnap. And I, I mean, it's like, really okay. funny because like two seconds ago, Kitty was like, I'm just going to go to bed. So I can imagine she went to bed. They're like, put on your suit. We're going across the country now. And she's like, what the fuck? Yeah, because she's there. Like, oh, she right. comes along with them. So, apparently, Kitty didn't get to go to bed. No, or she didn't. get to skip out on any of this. So, meanwhile, yeah. Rogue is running through the streets of Mississippi yes. somewhere. And there's people. She's pushing out of the way. There's cars swerving around her. And This Xavier, is where another cool song is playing, by the way. I think it's her same theme song here. It's sick as hell. Pro- yeah, because I wrote cool music plays with a drum set. I don't know. So, mm-hmm. then Xavier's like, X-Men, we have a Rogue. And it's like, ba da dum Yeah, so, like... It's- Okay, Xavier immediately calls her a rogue and he calls her that for the entire rest of the episode. And I'm like, maybe she's gonna end up with the villains for a hot second because we've immediately decided she is one. I think she spends the majority of season one with the Brotherhood, which I do like that they did that. I mean, that's Rogue's backstory, so that's the way it should be. But like, I don't know. I just felt like Xavier had immediately decided she was a villain, which I feel like he did that with Toad too. It's kind of like Xavier just like puts people into categories. He picks and chooses like who is worth coming to his mansion and who isn't. And it's kind of shitty and it's totally elitist, but so is Xavier. So I'm I'm not surprised. I'm just pointing it out that it's yet another example of Xavier doing that shit that we hate. I know. Um, And he's supposed to be like that charming version of him because now it's supposed to be like Patrick Stewart, except he's still kind of obnoxious. Whatever. I still hate him. I still think he's an interesting character, though. So Kurt actually is the one flying the Blackbird. I, which, I don't like, know why. It's been a day and Kurt has learned how to fly a fucking jet. I know. And so like Cyclops is like kind of coaching him. It's cute. They're flirting, whatever. And then like Kurt <laughs> thanks Cyclops for the help and then immediately starts steering with his feet instead, which, by the way, isn't bad. Like they're just as good as his hands. But, but yeah. for some reason, Cyclops is freaked out by that because i guess he's not into foot stuff and cyclops is like what is happening and then kitty's <laughs> kitty's in the back after yep. xavier compliments cyclops for being good yes. at being in charge and kitty like whispers to gene she's like scott's like so together and kind of cute and gene's like cute stiff maybe exactly definitely which i thought was a really <laughs> funny line <laughs> but yeah. then she goes but maybe from the right angle hmm and i kind of like this version of gene that had never even looked at Scott like that before. Like, this was the first time she's like, oh, wait, I guess Cyclops is kind of cute, you know? Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that. It's kind of like yeah. when your friends sent you up on a blind date or, like, they're like, oh, I have this friend that you might like, you know? Yeah, and then you're trying to consider them. Or, like, if you have somebody who you're friends with for a really long time and you don't see them in that way and then suddenly someone else points out to you like oh that person's actually pretty cool and you're like yeah wow i never thought about them in that way before and, and then, then, yeah, suddenly, then you're like huh how do i feel about this but we're not gonna know for another two seasons so not to worry mm-hmm. then kurt's like immediately jealous and i think it's supposed to be like because the girls are looking at cyclops and not yeah, him however he's not jealous about kitty because Kitty and him just turned out to be best friends on this show. They don't have a romantic relationship. I mean, I guess the implication is that like he has a crush on her at first, but I feel like it's probably more realistic to just say that Kurt 
is a teenage boy who's insecure because like we already know that about him so like he's seeing the other teens like getting along with each other and he's feeling like he doesn't fit in and he's like what's the value add that i have well i can be funny and goofy and like impress them you know so like, I, that's I actually what... i related a lot to kurt on this particular show i feel like this version of nightcrawler was absolutely me in high school <laughs> yeah. Oh, so would you have done what Kurt does next if you oh, had totally, the ability? Totally. To? I mean, Maddie, you know that in high school, I was ju- I was be like, pay attention to me. So I'd climb up the fucking wall in high school, I'd jump off of it. You know, I did that okay, stuff. Okay. So Kurt, what Kurt does is insane. By the way, he teleports outside of the plane onto the nose of the plane and is like standing there like wiggling around like i know i think i think here. Like, i feel like he was jealous that like everyone's looking at cyclops and cyclops wasn't looking at him so now he's teleported in front of cyclops <laughs> to be like look i'm on the jet and cyclops is like oh what my god the hell but then nightcrawler like falls and teleports into the jet and crashes it to kitty yes and logan's just like Uh, (laughs) okay also logan is here which is hilarious in and of itself like the fact that logan has to be on this fucking trip i don't know i loved it i was like it's really funny that logan has to put up with the shit so kitty freaks out because kurt just fell on top of her and she's like uh and like runs away yeah i mean like as teenagers are because we're mm-hmm. just somebody to follow one of us to be like ew somebody's ew! touching me i don't want to like touch them because i'm really insecure yeah and so then xavier like reprimands them and he's like blackbird's not a place to be fooling around blah blah i mean he's right for a while he is right like, he he's is like, right but also, but also why is he taking children <laughs> yeah, that's what i was gonna say <laughs> God you know what, it. Xavier? What did you expect? This is Everyone kind of your is problem. 14 years old on this plane, and like you're taking them into a situation you where they could be die. Training children to child soldiers. Speaking of which, we're going over to the this private jet that yeah, lands. I don't jet. know where, and like it's a private jet, which Mystique sexually like walks out of it as her principal form. She uh-huh. gets into a limo in which her wife Destiny is sitting, and yep. she transforms into Mystique. And Destiny's like, you make good time, Raven. And Mystique's like, our organization's mysterious founder has certain resources, Irene. What happened? I left the girl in what I thought was her safekeeping. And Destiny says, at the school dance, her powers manifested and she accidentally made physical contact with one of the local boys. And then Mystique says, absorbing his memories and physical abilities. Wonderful. We keep her (laughs) hidden away in this backwater for five years and in five minutes it all falls apart. We cannot lose her, especially to Xavier. She possesses the potential for limitless power. You can see the future, Irene. Where will she go? And Irene says, home, or what she thinks is home. Right. And that's when we cue to Rogue going over to Cody's house and getting the spare key on the roof and going inside. But I just want to touch on the fact that this is one of Mystique actually explains her powers that's right to the, a good to the explanation audience. yeah and, it, and it's not in an obnoxious kind of way or been like turn, you know mystique turning to the camera and be like here is my like a character card for rogue here mm-hmm. i'm gonna hold it up to the camera you know like that's not what's happening here yeah so. and i i felt like i mean okay there is a lot of exposition here but i don't hate it like her frustration of we keep her hidden away in this backwater for five years and in five minutes it all falls apart like that felt like a sentence you would really say in that situation i like, agree it is telling us everything that we need to know but it also felt like something mystique would irritatedly say and i, I was just like great like she's giving us everything we need to know but it doesn't feel awkward i don't know i I love it. I love Mystique's voice actors too. Like I, just I do too. I, I am very happy that this particular show gave Mystique a lot to do. Yeah, I'm loving it. Even though I know it's not like 
quote unquote good representation that like one of the few canonically gay couples on the show they're horrible mothers they're like abusing their child like I know that's I mean, bad I know it but, is really bad but we do enjoy but Mystique so. I really love Mystique I just wanted to like acknowledge that like I know that's not good I, I know just, it's really I, I really love her as a, a villain and a character anyway you know? I think it's it's easier to deal with Mystique when you don't have to look her relation to Nightcrawler or Rogue because then when you remove that aspect she gets a lot easier to deal with so <laughs> yeah and it's also like I don't know I think it would be fine to have a lot of queer villains if we had a lot more queer heroes and I feel like that's something that this show was actively trying to do in a way yes. that even X-Men TAS wasn't able to yeah, do yeah because when you think about it there was like pretty much all the cast of X-Men Evolution is gay both good or bad so it was kind of mm-hmm. like we're just going to get all sides of the coin right now right and I, I appreciate that so Anyway, yeah. so, so we're going to go back well, to X-Men hiding out in a car. Logan's driving a van. He's also I, really annoyed because he's sitting there. I and he would just, be too, though. Like, I get it. This is the line where, like, Xavier's like, Cody's in a coma, so I have to go into his mind. There's no real reason. So I'm sending Jean in on the inside so she can act as, like, a beacon so yeah. I can go and, like, get into Cody's brain. And Logan's like... <laughs> Why? Really? Yeah. Like, like Logan's why like, why are we the doing fuck this? are we doing this? Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, and then I, I think it cuts back to Destiny and Mystique in the car, which Destiny is like, now what? You're not going to hurt her. After all, she's your, and Mystique cuts her off. She goes, I know Irene. Trust me. She will come to us willingly, giving the right incentive. And then she morphs into Wolverine. Yeah. And this is when Mystique starts fucking with Rogue, and it's like, Jesus Christ, Mystique. You are, like, being horrible. It's pretty horrible. classic, <laughs> Mystique pretending, pretending to be somebody else in order to get someone to do something she wants. She's never done that before. No, never. Uh, <laughs> and so then Rogue's in Cody's room and she's yep. going through his stuff, looking at his photo, photo albums. And she goes, all of this is me, mine, but which me am I? And Rogue starts, this is when I was like, okay, so Rogue's still Rogue in this because she gets up and she gets angry. So she starts breaking all of his trophies. And I mm-hmm. was like, okay, this is Rogue. This yeah. is a Rogue we She's all know. She's having a little panic attack. Well, it's I not mean, you know, how, you know how Rogue is. It's like yes. she gets like upset. She starts breaking shit. That has always been her thing. Also, this would be terrifying. I, I was found this like very relatable. Like this, she thinks she's Cody briefly, but then like she sort of remembers being Rogue and suddenly well, she's in this room. that's because she sees herself and- in the mirror and she's like, what the fuck? It's scary. So she's like freaking out. And so then Logan walks in the room. But of course, it's Mystique, really. But it looks like it's Logan. And Rogue is like, who are you? What do you want? And Logan goes, you, girly. I want you. And then he pops his claws and he's like, stand still. I'll make it quick. You're dealing with the X-Men now and you don't got a chance. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to start beating the shit out of you, Rogue. And it's Mystique, which makes it extra like fucked up. And Rogue is like, fuck, all right. And she runs. I know. And then Rogue's like screaming. She's like, I don't understand. I just want to be left alone. And so then Mystique as Wolverine goes to attack her and she grabs like a bat and just like like straight up hits the, like Mystique Wolverine in the face, which I yeah. was like, I, I actually love that Rogue stands up for herself in this. Like, there's like, all these people chasing after her. She looks for the closest object and hits them with it. Like, that mm-hmm. is what she does on this show. And she keeps running. I love that Rogue fights back. Like, I love this it is too. So rogue. But I also am like, this is probably her mom's teaching her that self-defense and like testing her constantly. And I know. it like speaks to like her weird fucked up home life where she like has these strong women in her life, but also like this fucked up situation I just, I, you know yeah you know what i'm actually gonna po- talk about this and jump ahead a little bit um but 
it's spoilers. I think it's season three that Mystique gets like turned to stone or something, and all the X Men have this choice to take her or do something with her, and Rogue chooses to kill her. Damn. Like that's that is like the ending of Based Mystique on, on the show. This like, episode alone, I feel like that's well, fair. but she does it for the rest of the show. Like Mystique basically manipulates and tortures Rogue for three seasons, and then yeah. Rogue kills Mystique, and all the X Men are like they're surprised. They're like, they're like, we didn't see that coming rogue. Like, why would you do that? And rogue's like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Well, that's a good ending for rogue. So rogue runs away. And then Logan as mystique turns into storm, a version of storm. And she's like, one more turn of the screw and you'll come running into my arms, which is such a mystique line. Um, And then we see like separate, separate scene, the real Logan and Kitty and Kurt are walking down an alley and like investigating. Logan's looking in a dumpster because yeah. I don't know. He thinks maybe Rogue's in there. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I too. That was really funny too. He's just like sniffing a dumpster. He's just like Kitty's looking like, at shit. I don't know. Yeah, he can smell really well. Like, why is he doing this? I, I don't know. know. Kitty's just like, what the fuck is he doing? So she's like, does this bite or what? Yeah. Oh, Logan's like, the girl's mind is frantic and difficult to pinpoint. So keep looking. And Kurt's like. <laughs> You got a scent? And Logan's like, yeah, I smell fear. And I was like, okay, <laughs> Logan, calm Yeah, Logan's down. pretty intense on this show, at least so far. So then we go back to uh, Mystique pretending to be Storm. And she's like, one well-placed lightning bolt, one ex-mutant. And then she like throws this weird device into the sky that makes it look like she cast a lightning bolt in the sky. Yeah. And Rogue sees that and leaps over a fence to get away from it. And then Rogue runs smack into Destiny, who's like... Rogue, it's me, Irene. Try to remember. And Rogue does remember her slowly. And she's like, but I'm so confused. There's all these thoughts in my head and people are chasing me. And Destiny's like, easy, honey. The police are coming. The X-Men won't risk a confrontation. And Rogue's like, the X-Men? And Destiny's like, yes, mutant hunters. I have a friend who can help you. I'll take you to her. I I, I hate that Irene does that too. She's like, she. I mean, they're both terrible. Mystique and Irene are just bad moms like well you know know, that's what this show's about it's showing that bad moms can also exist they're they're gonna they're gonna show that there's bad father figures too because like boom boom has like a really intense episode so i mean mean, like really the main theme of the show so far is that adults can't really be trusted (laughs) i mean i kind of enjoy it they're like they're just like i like how open this show is about the queer metaphor but also like all these different forms of of abuse they're like you know they're not gonna they don't sugarcoat it. They're like, there's a bunch of abusive parents on this. Magneto turns out to be one of them for like Scarlet Witch, you know? Yeah, it's, that's going to be really They don't sad. shy away from it on this. And I, I think that is, I think it's good. I think people need to know that like, you know, there, this is a possibility and that you need to do something if you know somebody's being abused like that. So, mm-hmm. and if your mom turns into stone and she's been abusing you <laughs> your whole Push life, then go ahead and kill her, honestly. Yeah, Just get I out know. of it. Anyway, so Rogue's like, I don't know. All this is happening so fast. And then Wolverine appears and Rogue's like, it's him. It's the one who attacked me. Run, Irene, run. But this time it's the real Wolverine, by the way. So the real Wolverine is like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I know. And then so Rogue slips her. out of her glove and runs after, runs away. Right. Unintentionally she loses her glove but it doesn't matter she's lost yeah. it now um, and I do like appreciate how Logan starts chasing her and Kurt like teleports in front of him he's like whoa hold on clearly that she's fucking terrified of yeah. you so let me try and put on my happy face and Logan's <laughs> like fine but put on your best face no sense freaking the kid out more than she already is so Kurt smiles he puts on his like little image inducer turns into human Kurt and he like 
teleports away and Logan goes and keep an eye on hot half pint here and Kitty's like hey which I you know honestly that is so Logan and Kitty I love it it was like perfect and so Rogue's running Rogue is running through a backyard and Kurt teleports onto a swing and he has all those lines while he's teleporting all the place. I don't know why Kurt thinks that this is ever going to work as like teleporting around somebody. It actually starts to work though because like. Okay, but I think it's really important to note that it is Kurt who starts talking to her and getting to her, her to start freaking out. They, from the get-go, they clearly are like, Nightcrawler and Rogue are brother and sister. We're going to set this up and keep mm-hmm. it going in that direction. And I yeah. appreciate that. Uh, and Kurt's like, Guten Tag, Fräulein. Please don't be frightened. And Rogue's like, what do you want? And he's like, she, he's like, like, to help you. We're one of the good guys, especially me. And he like <laughs> runs his hands through his hair and he's like, I'm so cool. And then meanwhile, <laughs> Kitty's in the background facing the fence, having such a Kitty Pride moment. She's like, oh, fuck Wolverine. I'm not a half pint. I'll show him I'm better than that. Because I love how stubborn and like bullheaded Kitty Pride is as a character. And Chris like, I was scared once like you, alone, unsure of what I was, afraid to show my face. Can you believe it? <laughs> and then Kitty's again, Kitty is so in character here in which she goes, she doesn't look tough to me. So she just immediately tackles Rogue, which yeah. is so Kitty. Like, I love Kitty Pride so much. Mm-hmm. And Rogue then accesses Cody's memories again to do a football technique to throw Kitty off her. But then she accidentally grabs uh, Kurt by the wrist, turning off his image inducer, and then in the process, touches his face or something and yeah. sucks in his powers and memories. And Nightcrawler passes out and Kitty's just sitting there terrified. And like, like screaming Kurt's name thinking he's dead. And yeah, meanwhile, Rogue and- has like teleported away because she's got Nightcrawler's powers now. And we get a yeah. dramatic commercial break here because like shit has gotten real, folks. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love it. And she teleports into a cemetery in which Rogue's like, what just happened? Where am I? And then she says a bunch of words in German that's basically her saying, I can speak, uh, she says, I can speak German now, mm-hmm. which then she follows up by in German, uh, English she, by yeah, saying. She translates and, it like right after and is like, I can speak German. And I was like, yeah, I, I got actually, it. I got you it. You know, I, I love how basic all the German is on this show. Because yeah, like I, I, I know it. And I well, so do I too. I, yeah, I'm you right. You took German in school though. I didn't. I did. I was like one of those weird kids where you had the choice to take Spanish. It was probably because of fucking X-Men, dude. You probably took it because oh, of this. Wait, you dude, yeah, it was because like we had the chance to take Spanish or it was like Spanish, French, Latin, Italian. or French or German. And most people took Spanish. Some people took French. Nobody took Latin. And then like the weird kids, like literally <laughs> all the weird nerds took German. Like all the other kids that were in my German class were also big nerds in some kind of other way. I don't know why. Uh, it's just as the crowded attracted. And we had to come up with names for uh, our German class. Was yours so we, Kurt Wagner? <laughs> well, yeah, we only just choose a first name, but I put Kurt Wagner on everything. They're like, why did he choose the last name? It's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Incredible. So anyway, yeah, you know, another typical Ryan Pajola story for this week. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I think this is I wrote down where the music was getting really cool because every single time that Rogue was working with her powers, it kept on doing this weird like doo 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 doo. Like yeah. this spooky little noise, but like, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And so she's teleporting around the graveyard and like at first she's having like a really good time and like actually enjoying her powers and like settling into them. And then she has this moment where she teleports onto a grave that like breaks underneath her. Yeah. And then she just suddenly looks really overwhelmed. Like, fuck, this is also a dangerous power. And then she just has this moment of being like, damn. And she goes, when is this all going to end? And it's like. It never is, Rogue. This is your life now. I, I know. And I think this is very Rogue, too, because she is somebody that goes in and out of, like, 
enjoying depression. Yeah. yeah i mean i guess depression is a good way to summarize rogue's powers you know i mean it's in yeah and i i feel like it's relatable like it, it, she's having a sort of euphoric moment briefly with these powers and like feeling what it's like to be kurt for a second and like his happy-go-lucky self but then she has to like come back to earth again and be like damn this fucking she's like I, she's like what the fuck is happening to me because they mutants aren't talked about just like you know back when we were kids nobody talked about gay people unless they were like this person's mentally disabled because they're gay you know yeah and yeah. it's kind of but like also, that in this, this world. is like genuinely scary like this version of the metaphor is like really fucking scary like what well, it is it is, is for scary. rogue specifically yeah so we're gonna go back to kitty and kurt and kitty again i feel like is very in character to her comic book self and when she's got kurt and she's like say something kurt please tease me scare me anything please don't be dead come on kitty what would wolverine do which i like that she said I that i like that too uh she goes and then she goes besides dice up half the landscape and then she goes wait the professor can read minds right so maybe you can hear my thoughts and that's when we cut over to Xavier, mm-hmm. who is like having a conversation with Gene and everybody. And he's like, About I Cody's can't even. Brain. Tr- yeah, she's like, I can't track him or his brainwave patterns anymore. Because that was how they were finding Rogue, supposedly. It was like by tracking Cody's brainwave because it was inside of Rogue's brain. So like, yeah. sure, it doesn't really seem like much of a justification to me, but fine. And then Logan suddenly shows up and he's like, yeah, hey, he jumps so over like a fence in somebody's yard. He's like, hey, I just hang out in this person's yard. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, uh, so anyway, the kid's in a cemetery. Kurt's trying to keep her from bolting. And then Kitty shows up in Xavier's head, screaming professor. Like, literally screaming, and Xavier grabs his head, which I thought was really funny. He's like, he's like, Kitty, not so loud. Slow down. Order your thoughts. And Kitty's like, professor! Professor! <laughs> professor! <laughs> he's like, oh my god. It's funny. Also, I can't believe this worked because like she doesn't have psychic powers. So I guess it's just that Xavier tapped into her mind by coincidence. I think that's interesting because I think there's in I think in the comics, sometimes he can't and all the psychics have trouble reading Kitty's mind because of her phasing ability. Right. Like, but that's for whole whatever thing. reason, in this in this show, somehow well, Xavier I guess in this because moment, she's choosing to make it work right. that it's different. So I, I thought I thought it was believable that Xavier would like have scanned her mind or like would have tried to find Kurt, wouldn't have been able to find him, would have tried to find Kitty, and would have then been like meeting her, shouting his yeah, name. I know repeatedly. So, like, that's pretty funny. Um, so then Xavier sends Wolverine over there and is like, "Go save Nightcrawler. Everything's fucked up." And okay. Logan's also, like, Logan God screams. Yes, yeah, screams. Logan gets up. He's like. This is all my fault. And he jumps over the back of the fence. And I'm like, I'm glad that Wolverine just hasn't changed in yeah. between Daxman, the animated series and this show. It's just the same Wolverine. Yeah. And also now Xavier knows that Kurt is the person who rogues inhabited now. So he's like looking for Kurt's brainwave patterns. And yes. he's like, she's more focused each time she uses her power, which is interesting, I guess. Like Rogue is getting more and more powerful. And then Storm, Cyclops and Jean run off trying to find Rogue. And then in the graveyard, we see Mystique show up and she sees Rogue in the graveyard and she hides. And then Jean beats her to Rogue. Like Jean shows up and, and sees Rogue first. And so Mystique is just like hiding for a second, uh, yeah. listening to the conversation. I, I love this this entire conversation between Jean and Rogue. I love that Jean gets to do shit on the show. It's and so great. It's I like love the it. comic book Jean. She's like, she gets to go in and she gets to talk to people. She is the one that's reaching out to all these characters, which I think is really fun and interesting. It is fun. And Jean walks out and she's all like, hi. And Rogue's <laughs> all like, 
do I know you? These memories, I'm so confused. And Jean's like, yeah, I know. I can relate to what you're going through. And Rogue's like, Jean, you're Jean Grey. You're like the others. And Jean's like, quickly, like, she's all like, relax. If you know who I am, then you know I won't hurt you. Look, it's tough to go at solo. And then she goes, and I love that she does this. She goes, hey, zero pressure. But if you want to talk, you can reach out to me by re- talking into this communicator. And she flows a communi- communicator over to Rogue, which Rogue takes because Jean's not like, come with me. She's like, if you want to talk to me, I'm here. I love like, this yeah. because it feels like Jean, we're seeing Jean learn. Like in the previous episode, we saw her with Kitty and she fucked it up. But yeah. like, she's already done it once. And she's like, okay, I'm going to be a little less pushy this time about the whole mutant thing. I'm going to yeah. like be really chill and like, you know, not come on too strong with this new girl. And like, I don't know. I just, I appreciated like seeing Jean grow up in real time and be like, I need to approach these situations really carefully. So like Rogue takes the communicator she's like latest fashion accessory huh and then storm walks up and she's like we all have one and then as soon as rogue sees storm she starts freaking the fuck out because the last time she saw storm it was actually mystique and it was attack she was attacking yeah, her and mystique was like beating her yeah and then cyclops tries to like jump on rogue but rogue runs away and cyclops falls in the mud and she's <laughs> yep. like i don't get it we were connecting and then storm's like she saw me for some reason she's afraid of me mm-hmm. and then we see like a shot of Mystique doing a sly smile. She's like, (laughs) it's me, Mystique. I (laughs) learn. Yeah. Yep. It was exactly like D-Man when that that happened. Um, So then, meanwhile, Kitty's back with Kurt. She, this is like the one line where I feel like the implication is that the two of them are going to end up together, but they don't. But she like says to Kurt, you know, I'm still not big on facial hair, but pointy ears are really starting to work for me, which is like kind of cute, but she's also just worried he's going to die. I know, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and then Rogue's hiding in some catacomb, and Mystique drops in a Cyclops, in which I was like, Jesus Christ, this is when it gets really intense because so she's much. like, I'm going to start dropping these statues on Rogue. And it's like, it's like either she's going to like get hit by them or die, or she'll get out of the way like she's trying to do. Yeah. Don't really care. I'm just going to go for it anyway. And it's like, okay, you're just being abusive at this point. Like, yeah, straight like up. she's physically abusing her child. This was a round where I was like, okay, so Mystique's done some fucked up stuff up to now but this scene is really striking because like rogue is crawling away like in fear like in order to fully commit to your acting part where you're cyclops torturing rogue like you have to kind of be a little bit fucked up in order to do that and so like we're really seeing that mystique is like it's for her own good but i guess i just have to torture my daughter again and it's like i know damn dude he's like throwing these pillars so the rogue runs outside and sees cyclops again and you can there's like this moment where she's so confused yeah, because like she's like you she's were like, just in there and now you're out here but she doesn't question it and just like punches him and runs away <laughs> i love it though because it's so rogue she's I like know. fuck this i'm just gonna punch anybody that looks like anybody at this point <laughs> yeah and then rogue runs back inside the catacomb and now that mystique's there as gene and mystique gene is like i tried i really did but some people just won't be helped <laughs> this is like the gene voice actress having so much fun suddenly getting to be really fucking i mean evil. this is like the same thing as like the x-men movies where everybody gets to be mystique and it's their favorite role in the I whole know. movie it's, you know i liked it like the actress sounds so so mad here all of a sudden we've like never heard her do this as Jean she and Rogue fight Rogue teleports away and then she falls on the ground really hard because she like teleported into the air and it was like a pretty dangerous teleport and then the real Jean runs up to her and she's like are you okay lie still don't try to move and then Rogue like pulls away and is like what the fuck 
Yeah. Storm walks up and she's like, child, what is it? We're your friends. And then Storm touches her and then she ends up getting hit with Rogue's powers and knocked back and knocked unconscious, as happens if you touch Rogue. There's like a lot of unconscious people in this scene at this point. I know, but it, I, you know, I didn't mind it because it's a Rogue episode and I was like, that's okay with me. Like, a lot of people are going to be unconscious. Yeah, and so Rogue flies up in the air. She starts yes. creating a massive storm swirling around in a tornado and Cyclops Music's walks over really to Jean. Ominous. And Jean just like, Cyclops looks over at Rogue and then at Jean and then Rogue again <laughs> and he goes, oh no. And we're like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I kind of loved it. I know. And then so Rogue's like creating this flying store and Jean's protecting them. Yeah, and, and a C- bubble. Cyclops notices that like the uh, electrical towers are going to fall down into this like little right. puddle on the ground, which Storm is passed out in. Yeah. So like the reason why the electrical towers are going to fall down is because Scott actually hit them with his eye beams when Rogue punched him before because she like <laughs> punched off his visor briefly. So like. A whole bunch of bad shit happened and there's a lot yeah. of 14 year olds there about to die. <laughs> I'm just pointing it out. So then Scott is like, if the power lines hit the water, Storm will be fried because she's like unconscious in a, pu- in a puddle far away from them. And so Jean releases the bubble. They run over to Storm to pick her up. Scott picks her up. June- Jean uses her telekinesis to try to like levitate them away, but she's like not good enough at it to really do it. I do appreciate that Jean was at like full power. Yeah, yeah honestly. she's a kid still. So I thought that was believable. Meanwhile, Rogue is like freaking out because she can't control Storm's powers because Storm is like one of the most powerful people on the planet. So like Rogue can't fucking deal with this. And so then she starts losing it and then screaming and then she teleports away and we don't know what happens to her from there. But we don't even know what happens to her, honestly. We just know what happens to her later. Right. Like this is, which is really spooky. Yeah, like how does she get out of it? Does it just wear off? Like we don't actually get to see. We don't know because then Cyclops is like, what the fuck just happened? And Xavier's like, I can't find Rogue. Her mind is jumbled. I strongly suspect the hand of another at work. And Logan's mm-hmm. like, it's Mystique. <laughs> she can change her body, but not her scent. And we're like, okay, I guess that's a, yet another one of Wolverine's exes. Uh-huh. And Kitty's like, then we have to go after her, which I thought I liked because that was very Kitty pride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Xavier actually makes the right call here. Where he's like, there's actually been enough damage done. <laughs> yeah, he's like, all of you have been repeatedly in danger 16 times, and it's like the middle of the night. I, although then Xavier's like, the girl must come on her free will or not at all. And it's like, okay, Xavier. Yeah. Thanks. Like, this girl know. needs help, and you're like, either she's going to take our help, but we're not going to bother going after her to find out if she actually needs help. And we're like, and okay. And it's like, it's pretty fucking clear she needs help, dude, but okay. I know. And also, like, you already know that Mystique was here and that Mystique was actively fucking with the situation. And you're like, let's go home. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess Xavier made the right call here, but I'm also like, was it? Because you left this half finished. Like, I don't know how I feel about it. Anyway, Kurt finally wakes up and he's like, looks like I missed quite a party. And then Kitty runs up really close to him and she's like, Kurt, you're all right. And then Kurt, like, passes out again (laughs) immediately. Yeah, and she's like, easy, you fuzzy elf. Everything's going to be okay. Which I love this (laughs) shot of Cyclops run. He either mouths. He mouths it. Yeah. He mouths fuzzy elf, but it looks like he's saying, What the fuck? I know. It's so funny. Like, I don't, I feel like it's really rare on an animated show that I see a character like mouthing something to another character like silently. <laughs> like, I, I just like, feel I like, like that isn't like a trope that people do that often in animation, but it's so funny. And like, it, I laughed so hard. I was like, Oh my God, I forget this was in here. Yeah. So then we get a brief scene of Cody waking back up and he's fine. Um, and and then we see uh, Mystique 
welcoming Rogue to Bayville High because apparently that's where she's going to start going to school. But like, how did she get there? She, I don't fucking know. Mystique must have gotten her, gotten to her and saved her when Xavier didn't. Like, she probably like found wherever Rogue teleported to. Well, they, they, they're about to insinuate that she somehow got brainwashed, but I don't know how. I don't either. But I, I don't know. I feel like. <sighs> I guess that's a good point because Magneto's line. Okay, so after after this scene where Rogue has been introduced to Bayville High, she's like, "Thank you," and then she leaves the office, and then we see Magneto moving the fucking paper clips around again. <laughs> Except that he's actually I here. Guess. He's literally in the I room. Guess. Like, and I was I like, guess? "Wait, like, I don't know." Okay, is Magneto just always in this room, like constantly? I don't know. It's like it's like suddenly it's like doo, 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 and then like the, the paper, paper clips start spinning around. Except it's unlike the first episode. Mystique's not scared of him at all. She's just mystique which yeah. I, that makes more sense I'm glad to me they changed but that. then like it turns out like in during this entire conversation with rogue w- like maggie was just, just standing the there corner? in a shadow yeah. like i was like what the fuck I, this version of magneto is hilarious i know he's gonna like <laughs> be scary later and stuff but like right now i'm like who the what are you dude like what are you <laughs> he's, doing he's, he's paperclip man he is paperclip man so anyway magneto says to her you are certain any residual memories of the true X-Men have faded and Mystique goes positive. You're right. I don't know how they the fuck they would have pulled that off. Like I, I don't either. Like I mean Destiny doesn't have that power. She can't mind people. None of them people. do. No, they Toad can't. doesn't. Like that they don't have anybody on their side who can do that. Like I don't know. I I guess you could just read it as like Mystique has been indoctrinating rogue that the x-men are evil ever since that altercation and being like remember when they were like beating you up and everything like well i mean i guess rogue at this point was so confused because she had all these different personas in her head so maybe those are the memories that have faded mystique could have been like no those guys attacked you you just don't remember you're wrong because you're suffering a trauma that they did to you but it's actually mystique who did that yeah which is really fucked up but, it really is. It is. Right. But then the final shot, which I actually enjoy, is Rose yeah, walking too. out of the principal's office and she pulls out the communicator Jean g- gave her and she's holding it and she's looking at it. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. And you're like, Rogue, call the communicator. But like, why would she? She thinks Jean was trying to kick her ass. Like, she's yeah, so fucked Yeah, I mean, here. this is like, this is such a, a classic situation where there's an abusive parent that's like, oh no, like, or even an abusive friend that would be like, oh no, your friends are treating you all like of shit. Them those are people bad for they're you. They're all bad you for you. You have to get away like, from that. You know, I it wasn't me that beat you. It was actually your friends that hate you. I have nothing to do with it. Your friends are doing this to you. These people are doing it to you. It's definitely not me. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's really sad, but I'm also like, damn, Mystique's a good villain. You know, like, it's, yeah, I mean, like, I would never want to meet her in real life. I would <laughs> never want to go up against Mystique, but like. Oh, she's this crafty version of as Mystique. hell. Like she's so freaking crafty, and it's it's she working. Is, she is, and it it's terrifying. So we got to rate this episode. I I really enjoyed it. I gave it a five out of five X's. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a five. I freaking loved it. I'm loving wow, this show. Wow, I can't believe we've had like two fives out of this series. So and we far. gave the pilot a four. So we like did. we're loving it. Would have been a five if it was as strong as the X Men the animated series, but it was not mm-hmm. quite as it was strong. Pretty good, but it, it was still like, good though. Really good. Like, what if we just like every single episode of this show? That, that would be really be nice boring. Break. Just kidding. It won't be. Everyone will love it. Everyone will I enjoy it. We. I guess we should explain why we're giving it a five out of five. We I should. think it does a really good job of telling Rogue's origin story, and I think it. Um, I, it does a good job at even being a good metaphor. You know, it's like I feel like it. it 
tells the story. It's like, oh, I'm gay, but I'm confused about it. But then you have like this other person trying to suppress that part of you, you know, yeah, that'd be like, like, you know, like fucking with you actively, which like, unfortunately, like a parent can do that. And yeah, that I mean, I think that's part here. of the reason why I really like this too, is that it shows abuse from a parent. Not that I like, a, you know, abusive parents, but the fact that a cartoon was willing to go far enough to show that mm-hmm. really says a lot, you know? Yeah. And I, I do, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but I do kind of like the moral gray area with Xavier here where it's like, did he really make the right choice in this situation? Like I, I'm really I mean, enjoying analyzing Xavier, that as we go along. Probably not. Well, yeah, exactly. But I'm like, I feel like even the show is kind of inviting us to wonder, like, was there a better way to approach this situation with Rogue? And like, she's clearly in a bad situation. She is our point of view character. Like, it's not Xavier. Yeah. It's not like the episode's no, ending not. on like, wow, well, another another mutant locked up at Xavier's Institute. Did it again, kids. Like, it's like ending on uncertainty and Rogue still being vulnerable and in this bad situation that she's going to have to find her own way out of, which is like, damn. Like, the kids of the show are really on their own and no ways which is definitely relatable to a team but mostly i'm giving this episode a five because i just thought it was like well written well paced and organized the music was good the voice acting was really good the animation is great on this show by the way animation is really good and i also like the subtlety and how they told rogue's powers in this because you know in other episodes of x-men the animated series it's like Rogue would do something and Xavier would turn the camera and be like, Rogue's powers is that if she touches somebody with her skin because of skin contact, they will pass out because it transfers into her mind. Like They do much better of like <laughs> yeah, explaining that it. in conversation to other people. I, I really enjoy Irene and Mystique together. Mm-hmm. I thought that really worked. There's just a lot to like about this. I think I, oh, the other thing I was going to say I th- is that they do a really good job of making this so quintessential Rogue, but like a very young early version of Rogue who just got her powers and is going to become the Rogue that we love from the comic books that is sassy, tough as nails. She's still tough in this too, but you know, she's, she's just got having a lot of like, shit to go through before she's going to yeah. come out the other but side like, of it. But even during that, she keeps on like fighting an and back. You know, she doesn't really get caught at any point. We don't even know what ends up happening at the end of this because assumingly she just goes back to Irene, you know? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I guess we're going to see in future episodes where she's living, but I'm going to guess it's with Irene and that like she'll be talking to I Mystique think it might more. be with the Brotherhood, but I don't, yeah, I don't totally know. remember. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. We will. Um, before we go on to who's gay, we have a very, very, very brief who's that X-Men today. Love it. Okay. All right. Who's that X-Men? It's Pikachu. Oh, Pika Pika? He has the power of electricity. Pika Pika. (laughs) But it might be Ryan Reynolds. I don't know. Who can say? Who knows? Okay, so anyway, today it's going to be Destiny. Because I wanted to talk a little bit about this character. Yeah, I figured we would do Irene today. I was already prepared. Yeah, but luckily it's not a very long one because she doesn't last for very long, unfortunately. But, I know. Um, oh, well. She was created by Chris Claremont and Josh Byrne. She first appeared in Uncanny X-Men number four, 141, and her real name is Irene Adler, similar to Sherlock Holmes' fame. Mm-hmm. And her abilities is just precog. She's just, she can see it to the future. Yep. In 1981, Claremont had written with the intention of Destiny to be the lover of Mystique and originally intended Destiny and Mystique to be Nightcrawler's biological parents with Mystique taking the form of a man at the conception. Ah. 
So even from the get-go, Mystique was supposed to be a gay character, which I really enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the time, the comic codes authority and Marvel policy prohibited the explicit portrayal of gay yeah, or bisexual that characters. That makes sense, yep. even though it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, good on Chris Claremont for wanting to make it happen at all. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Irene was born in Salzburg, Austria. Mystique was working as an as a consulting detective when Destiny reached out to her for help in understanding the visions she was having and recording into her diaries. During this time, the two fell in love. And in 12 months of her adolescence, Irene produced three, 13 volumes of prophecies uh, that was then uh, called the Destiny's Diaries, which comes up a lot throughout the oh, yeah. X-Men canon. Uh, and the prophecies kind of depict the 20th and 21st centuries. After she had the, those visions, she was left physically blind and haunted by disturbing images of this uncertain meaning. She enlisted Mystique to help prevent the most terrifying of the visions to come true. And together, they then raised an adopted rogue. Mystique and Destiny formed the second Brotherhood of Mutants. Destiny attempted to assassinate Senator Kelly with a crossbow. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's like a different point in time for every character of the X-Men who has tried to assassinate senator kelly like i turns mean out there just, was a whole time period where trying to get that guy was like priority number one i mean everybody. honestly like him and grading creed were terrible people yeah destiny predicted the disappearance of rogue from mystique's custody the members of the brotherhood started to work for the u.s government as the freedom force uh which i talked about in previous episodes and which was an exchange for a pardon and protection from the government from the anti-mutant sentiment uh, while on a mission with the Freedom Force to Mirror Island to stop the Reavers, Destiny was killed by Legion, who was being influ- influenced by the Shadow King. And Mystique then takes Destiny's ashes and scatters her, at, scatters her at sea. And honestly, that is really the end of Destiny, but there's a few other notes here mm-hmm. uh, in which before her death, Destiny said to Mystique that she would move on from her, like from being in love with her and falling right. in love with Forge, even though that they hated each other at the time. That <laughs> happened. Uh, in the Extreme X-Men series, the X-Men spent a long time searching for Destiny's diaries, which turned out to be hidden by Kitty Pride and Emma Frost in Flint, Michigan. And when the X-Men and the Reavers get there, or sorry, the Marauders, when the X-Men and the Marauders get there, Gambit had already burned the books because he was like, I think it's a good call that none of us have, none of us have access to this. Yeah. Uh, good call, honestly. Yeah. Um, Destiny was res- resurrected briefly during Necrotia, so Nessaline could question about what the future holds. And then locked her up in a cell. And Destiny tries to contact Rogue, uh, but instead contacts Blindfold, who is possessed by Proteus at the time, of course. Uh, <laughs> and the Rogue and the X-Men show up, defeat Proteus, and Destiny has a final goodbye with Rogue supposedly dying. At some point, it's revealed that Irene is actually the Irene Adler in Sherlock Holmes, which is that like... That makes no sense, just I, as an they're aside. Like, they're like, it is the Irene that was in the Sherlock Holmes stories. And okay. I was like, is, are we saying Sherlock Holmes so, is canon? Yeah, like, is Sherlock Holmes real then? Like, it might what? be, because in Excalibur, they, like, went ahead and said, like, all that Merlin shit was yeah, real, so... Yeah, and I feel, like, I feel like I have a memory of Sherlock Holmes being in the Marvel Universe in some form. I don't know, I'm gonna have to look this up when I'm yeah, editing Yeah, you are, app. okay. So the answer to this question is kind of contradictory to the point where I think it's fair to say that this isn't true, or at least that most writers agree that this would make no sense. So in 2007, Marvel published an atlas of just extracurricular information about the comics. And in that atlas, they refer to Sherlock Holmes as though he's a real detective that existed in the world. It's also true that Marvel Comics published a couple of Sherlock Holmes stories as comics, which you could argue are 
part of the Marvel canon, but they're not really. They're just Sherlock Holmes comics that were published under their Marvel label. So that's just kind of an inside joke, I guess. And then separately from that, there's an issue of X-Men comics from 2010, 2011 called Chaos Where X-Men. And in volume one, number one of those issues, uh, Thunderbird and Moira McTaggart have a brief conversation where Moira is telling Thunderbird about who Destiny is. And when Thunderbird hears the name, he's like, Irene Adler is in the Sherlock Holmes character. And Moira is like, reality, my friend, is full of surprises, implying that they're not necessarily the same person, but that there may be some type of connection between them. But she doesn't explain further than that. So you can kind of draw your own conclusion there. My own conclusion would be Irene Adler nothing to do with the fictional character, except maybe you could argue that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle somehow heard about Irene Adler and then made a character based on her. Although the character doesn't really have anything to do with Destiny. So I would say it's more just a a coincidence and just a funny Easter egg for Sherlock Holmes fans. Final, final note. And this is interesting because this is what's going on now is that in Dawn of X, Destiny had foreseen the rise of Krakoa and a paradise for mutants. She had told Mystique about it, urging her to do everything Mystique could possibly do to to bring Irene back from the dead. Uh, But she also warned Mystique that the leaders of Krakoa would keep on promising to bring her back, but then wouldn't actually do it. Because as it turns out, Moira's like, we can't have any precogs, so don't re- resurrect them. Because fucking Moira. I'm telling you, Moira's an evil, evil bitch. Yeah, uh, whatever, Moira. I know. And so and she says, and so basically Irene's like, if they don't let you resurrect me, you have to burn the place down. So that's kind of like where we're where we're at with cool. Destiny. Yeah. <laughs> I I I enjoyed Destiny and Mystique as a gay couple. And with that, who is actually gay? Hmm. they're actually gay and you know this show doesn't like fully this episode doesn't fully spell that out i'm sort of curious how they go with it earlier later on but like i i'm just gonna accept that they're gay as far as the show is concerned and that the only reason that it's not explicit is because like in the year 2000 they couldn't do that you know what i mean like in the year 2000 mystique and destiny are gay i'm dancing you can't see it but i'm dancing anyway i believe um, in you they're gay I love them, even though they're very evil and they're horrible moms and they're doing a terrible job, but they're fascinating villains. This is this is very similar to our love of Mr. Sinister, I think, who I would see as also being like the depraved bisexual trope where it's like he'll fuck anything. And also he's kind of a sexual predator and like that's bad. And I totally like as a bi person, I'm like, that's a really bad. Trope. That's not great. It's really harmful to buy people, including me. It is. However, however. These are characters that I really like, and it's probably because I am a bi person. And on some <laughs> level, I'm like, this is the only representation that I had that growing I'm going up. To get. I know. And 
I connect with it on some level for that well, reason. Well, also Mr. Sinister and Mystique are both gender fluid characters. They are. And I think that's really cool too. And like, I don't know. It's just something that I really like about both of them. So even though I know they're very problematic, I like... I agree that they're problematic. Although you could also probably argue in Mystique's case is that she's been around long enough to be tortured by right. the... And like, what kind of person has that made her what, into? Like it's a, she, she's like, I'm gay and gender fluid and possibly trans and like the what shit she's had to face for that has just maybe made her just so done with the human race as a whole where she has begotten to be manipulative herself because of all that she has endured. That's kind of like a sad story though. Like It I, is a sad I, story, but I also have to remember that Mystique is like crazy old. She is crazy old. Uh, and I mean, She meets Irene when she was like in the 1900s. Like right. it's like I you know what I mean? Like it's like 1904 or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on all of that and I still think it's a compelling story, but I'm also glad that we have other forms of representation now. Like I, I do too. I know me I too. I still really too. love these characters. I'm like I'm glad that they are not the only ones, you know? Like no, I'm glad I, there's I'm other glad characters that now. there's been a lot more representation for bisexual and Queer Other characters queer in characters, general. yeah. I know and we always turn to Steven Universe and Legend of Korra because those are great, they're great examples. Shows, okay, they're good. Yeah. <laughs> but I also was going to say I really enjoyed uh, the most recent Rocco's Modern Life that had one of the main characters that was one the big head son. They turned out that she she uh, transitions, and I love that about to Rocco's Modern Life. It's it's just like wow. They we, did you not know that? No, I don't know anything about Rocco's Modern Life. I mean, like it's it's brand new. Like it was like they did a continuation recently. And yeah, they like made they did a, a reboot and they like changed some stuff. That's cool. Yeah, and so but I think that was really 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 cool that they did that. But also like I think it's more common now that we're starting to see that, and this is probably as the closest as we could get back in two thousand. Um, not yeah. that it's great, but you know it is. What I it mean, is. And, it's not. But I'm also like it's still really cool to see this these characters that you know like their original writers and creators wanted them to be a gay couple when they were yeah. making this show they probably wanted that too and so they're showing it as much as they possibly can i think this might be the first example on the mutant ages of us having like a gay couple on a show where it like literally is true yeah i know it's actually a gay couple i, I enjoy wrong, it but i i think this is it. i mean mr sinister i feel like you could maybe make the argument the nasty boys are gay let's just yeah, go okay. ahead they and are say definitely that's gay. canon they're 100 i feel like it's rare that we see like a couple and we're like we know they're actually dating and like that's kind of neat so this is this i is mean that's gonna happen a lot on this show ages. honestly and i'm I excited know, that's for that so. like we're finally getting far enough into the future that like we don't just have to write fan fiction about wolverine and sabertooth <laughs> we can just be like I mean, now we Mystique can still write fan fiction about nightcrawler and cyclops in this because nightcrawler is oh definitely God. jealous that the girls are looking at scott and nightcrawler's like but what about me scott and we're like whoa okay and also like nightcrawler and scott have apparently done 24 hours of like flying lessons and fucking in the blackbird like how did they cram all that in like because literally. they went in there and nightcrawler rode cyclops's dick for like 48 hours and yeah, he's like he i'm riding the in throttle. the cockpit <laughs> oh my god anyway that's how that was that's our show anyway this is our show i'm not sure if anybody else is gay nobody's really springing to mind um, no i think that was pretty much the main characters yep we did it. Another did another it. episode in the can. And you know what else goes in the can? Plugs. <laughs> I can't still Fuck go with the plugs. Uh, Maddie needs to go to bed, everyone. She's no, been away for 48 like, hours. No, because like a butt is a can, Ryan. Get it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. Anyway, so speaking of plugs, let's talk about this TV show. I mean, this podcast. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so you can find us all over social media. We're yes, on Facebook, can. Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, and we're individually on these uh, different social media platforms. Maddie, where are you? I am at Mitty Myers. Everywhere you look, there I am at Mitty Myers. How about you? Everywhere you look, Maddie's Mitty Myers. M-I-D-I-M-Y-E-R-S. <laughs> oh my God, we're losing it. Okay, so you can find me on Instagram at Ryan.Pagella and you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Pagella and you can follow my YouTube channel, which is Ryan Pagella and I have been putting all sorts of adventure vlogs up there. You can sometimes see Maddie up there. Not recently, but you can see our trip to Disney World and a thousand other things we've done. Mm -hmm. I keep on updating it three times of, a week. Of your... Yes, yeah. I, I update three times a week. So whatever you see here on here is pretty much also out in the world just with me. But what other YouTube shit do we have? Well, we have a whole Mutant Ages channel where we're playing every single X-Men game. And what? there's a bunch of other cool shit on that channel, like excerpts from this show set to excerpts from the various animated series that we've watched. I expect series eventually is? we're going to catch up to X-Men Evolution apps on there, and that'll be really cool. And we have other old videos like A Demon, which is the X-Men parody movie that we made as teenagers, which we've referred to a lot lately because we're watching X-Men Evolution. So we've got it on the brain. Anyway, yeah. it's a cool YouTube channel. You should you should definitely check it out. It's the companion piece to this show for sure. Yes. Uh, and then also, if you want to stay in touch with us in other ways, you can also email us at themutantages at gmail.com. We will read your emails on our reader mails. But you could also call us if you want, and we'll play those on the reader mail segments as well. And you can do that by calling us at one five zero eight three one nine one six six eight, Or you can send us physical mail in the mailbox at P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. And if you want to find all that stuff, you can just go to themutantages.com. It's over there on the right-hand panel, along with a link to our Discord server yes. where you can continue conversing about this stuff with us and other fans and X-Men Evolution, or just X-Men fans. Yeah, definitely. Come hang on the Discord. And you know what else? We also have a Patreon. So let's Patreon. say let's say you have some disposable income and you want to support the show. We appreciate it so much. We Especially talk about this every me. week, but Ryan doesn't have a job except for this show. Baby. That's COVID-19 for and, you. Know, his vlog and other projects and like other odd jobs, but it's hard out here. So if you can afford to support the show, we are so, so, so grateful. If you can't support it, we totally understand. But those of you who can, we're extremely grateful. You can go and check out patreon.com slash the mutant ages. If you support us, you get bonus episodes, bonus content, behind the scenes content, aim logs between me and Ryan talking about Hugh Jackman oh my when God. we were teenagers. These are the things that you will have access we to. We post everything. Listen, you just get to... Uh, it started off as a Patreon in which you could get bonus episodes, but it really has just become like a deep dive into like our long-term friendship and all the weird shit we've made. So Yeah, so that's pretty great. Um, And also, if you back at the highest tier, we give you a shout out on the show. So why don't we go ahead... And shout those folks out. Yeah, our top tier Patreon supporters are Sorum B and Samuel B. Thank Yay. you so much for listening to our show. Oh, wait, I was I forgot that I was going to do with buddies. Uh, uh, okay, so I guess I'm broke. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm here to just announce a big thank you to these sugar dumplings, Sorum B and Samuel B. But please don't get too close because if you touch me, I'll take your mind and your powers and then I won't want to be a mutant no more. But I want to be a mutant. Just stay away. You can look, but you can't touch sugar. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. 
Okay. This is the Rogue episode. That's what you get. You get a Rogue yep. theme. What else we got? Do we do everything? Uh, reviews. Please review oh, yes. us and anywhere you have iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you listen to us on, please leave us a review. And if you don't want to write an actual review, if you, if you can leave us a star reading, that increases our visibility to allow new people to find us. Mm-hmm. And you can also tell your friends. Yeah, just tell your friends about this cool, cool X-Men show. And what is the next episode we are watching? Because I remember we were supposed to do that and I always forget. Just navigating to DisneyPlus.com. Oh, that's probably easier than what I'm trying to do. Uh, it's mutant crush that's exciting can't wait can't wait to find out who has a crush on who on this cool show about cool gay teens see you next time see you next time maddie go to bed it is time to go to bed the mutant